is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Monday, November 2nd. That was a wild day of football. I know I kind of, I feel like I probably say that every week, but that was a really crazy day of football. I mean, especially the Denver game. I mean, teams are just never out of it, at least this season. But we're going to recap week eight for you here on today's podcast, uh, breaking down everything that we saw here, Well, obviously with the exception of tonight's game. Before I get into that, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against the Sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyNightFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. If you haven't signed up already, what are you waiting for? Especially if you're in a state where sports betting isn't legal yet. It's a cool game that is It's similar to player props. It's similar. I mean, it's not the same thing, but pretty darn close. And if you're good at player props or you like player props, then you're going to like Monkey Knife Fight. So go check it out. Use that promo code RANT uh, for your deposit bonus. And that free $5 game, man, I like free stuff. I'll tell you what, I like free stuff. I'm a free stuff guy. <laughs> Just That's the way I am. I don't know. Even if it's stupid. Free pen, I like it. Coaster, sure. Bottle opener, I would love a bottle opener. Free stuff. When it's free $50, I like that right there. So go check that out over at monkeyknifefight.com. Let's dive into it. Enough silliness on a Monday. Let's dive into uh, what we saw here uh, yesterday. We'll start with a game that, while well, ended up being a better game than we thought it was going to be. New England hung with Buffalo. Buffalo ultimately prevailing in that contest. And I want to talk on the New England side first. Cam Newton still manages a moderately good fantasy day. If you had to use him like I did in a two-quarterback league, I don't think you'd be too upset. Without tonight's results, and and maybe we have Tom Brady finish ahead of him. I mean, you would think that he probably would. I doubt Daniel Jones does, but Newton's 12th in fantasy scoring right now. And largely because of what he did on the ground. Nothing in the air, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but 9 for 54 and a touchdown on the ground. So I'll take it. You'll take it. I think we'll all take it if we had to use him. Damian Harris, 16 carries in this one. He only played 20 snaps. So basically when he was on the field, that's a tell, New England. (laughs) You're going to hand him the ball. 16 for 102, though. Actually looked pretty good on that touchdown run. I mean, he still doesn't necessarily pop, but I thought he looked okay. Uh, He was the low man on the totem pole in terms of snaps, though. Rex Burkhead, 32. James White, 31. Harris, 20. So that's going to hold him back, especially no usage in the passing game. How about this? Jacoby Myers, 
10 targets. Uh, that was pretty much it. Demir Bird had four. Isaiah Zuber had one. So they got they got nothing. It's it's a debacle there. It really is. Uh, on the other side, and I guess Cam is where he is. He's going to be a front-end quarterback, too, going forward for us. On the other side, though, I know a lot of people are looking at Josh Allen with some concern. I did think we were going to see more out of him in this one. We did not see more out of him in this one. And and really, I mean, he's he's looking for Stephon Diggs a lot. I have no issues with Diggs. He has six for 92 on nine targets. But one thing that's standing out to me is Josh Allen and him running. You know, I talked about that earlier in the season, how he wasn't running as much and certainly wasn't scrambling as much. And that was a good thing. Well, we're starting to see those rushing attempts creeping up here, just creeping up. So here we go. Uh, Last week, 11 carries this week, 10. The week before that, by the way, so over the last three, he has 29 rushing attempts. And that's notable because like, when he started, remember the hot stretch that he started with, uh, week one, he did have a lot of rushing attempts. He had 14, but then he goes 4-4-3-4. And all of those were pretty solid fantasy weeks. I mean, maybe not not spectacular against Tennessee, but okay. And now when he's starting to really come back to the pack for fantasy purposes, we're starting to see him run more. I don't know if there's a direct link there, but it is something I'm monitoring for sure. Also monitoring this backfield. So Singletary and Moss looks like a full-blown committee if you just take a quick peek at the box score, right? 14 carries for Moss. 14 carries for Singletary. Singletary goes for 86. Moss goes for 81. Now, of course, Moss has the two touchdowns, but uh, whatever. Pretty close. Nope, not close. When we look a little closer, here's the carries in the red zone. Moss, six. Three of them goal line carries. Singletary, one. No goal line carry. That is, Singletary is between the 20s. He's between the 20s back. Moss is the red zone back. That is the better role. For fantasy purposes, I think we just saw the flip happen. I think we just saw Zach Moss. And I I don't care about the fantasy points because fantasy points can come and go weekly. This is a role thing that I'm talking about. I think Zach Moss is it right now. I think he's it. So we saw that change happen pretty pretty quick. Uh, So there you go uh, with that. By the way, Josh Allen does lead all passers with 49 attempts of 20-plus yards this season. So those deep balls are... Pretty important for big play upside. Let's move to Tennessee and Cincinnati. Surprising game here. Didn't see this out of Cincinnati, although I did see Giovanni Bernard coming. Man, anytime Mixon doesn't play, Bernard's a stud, isn't he? Two scores in this one. Not the most efficient day. You know, he has 18 touches. He goes for 78 yards, but all right, whatever. He still puts up 22.8 PPR points. So anytime Mixon's out, Giovanni Bernard, really good. Uh, otherwise, I don't really have much here. I mean, Tyler Boyd gets in the end zone a- again, but the ball's spread around between Boyd, Higgins, not much A.J. Green. Auden Tate gets out of nowhere, seven targets. <laughs> Yay, more complexity here. But for now, I'm not going to really change my evaluation on those guys. We'll go to the other side. And a couple interesting takeaways. So first and foremost, I mean, more of a serious takeaway, and I have one that's kind of fun. But the serious takeaway is over the last two weeks, we've seen double-digit targets both games for Corey Davis. He has 20 targets. Obviously, he had the big game here, 8 for 128 and a score. But A.J. Brown, 15 targets over that span. So he's got five more targets. 
Brown got in the end zone, but it wasn't the best day. The touchdown was pretty, though. Wasn't the best day for him. And then also, we've seen Jonu Smith like almost fade into the ether with Corey Davis back out there. So I, I'm, I don't have a huge issue if you needed to drop Jonu Smith and move on. I don't have a huge issue. And they continue to use Ferkser as well. Derrick Henry, fine in this one. Tannehill, not a big game. But this is more like, this number is more realistic for Tannehill. Because we were seeing a couple of these, like, he'll go for 233 passing yards like this, but throw four touchdowns. That's unrealistic. Two touchdowns, more realistic. He's the number 13 fantasy quarterback. So, you know, basically this is what we thought he would be. He still has the upside, though. Don't get me wrong. But what I thought was pretty interesting here is we had a Deontay Foreman sighting like remember this dude this has been a while man remember this dude he goes out there and he actually looked pretty decent I mean he only played six snaps he had five carries for 37 yards but like for a moment I blinked I'm like oh nice run for Derrick Henry oh no that's Deontay Foreman where they dusted him off where has he been Took him out of the mothballs here to put him on the field. So, anyway, there you go. Uh, moving on to Vegas and Cleveland. This was a tough game from a win standpoint, and we saw it. We saw it impacting them. 35-mile-an-hour wins. But it did lead to a lot of Josh Jacobs. Now, this could have been a much bigger day. Just be be clear about that if you're disappointed with the 12.8 PPR points because he had no catches. Uh, he all he had three goal line carries. He was stuffed, you know, three straight plays basically. Uh, so it could have been, you know, touchdown changes our outlook on this. It's still RB two numbers, but it you know it changes an RB two day to an RB one day. Not too worried there. Uh, otherwise, the Nelson Aguilar thing didn't last very long. I I warned you, <laughs> and the wind didn't help. But I warned you, no catches for Aguilar as the Philadelphians call him. Uh, could have been a bigger day for Ruggs. That was a touchdown. That's a shame. Uh, otherwise, very straightforward there. On the other side, no OBJ and basically no Hollywood Higgins. Hopefully you didn't get too cute with that one. This is the this is like the low end of the spectrum, but I don't last week was the high end of the spectrum. I really don't think he's a every week option, regardless of what he did this week. If you look at the target volume, it was basically all Jarvis. It was like all Jarvis. They actually used Kaderil Hodge ahead of uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, by the way. So uh, I think Peoples-Jones is droppable. Um, Kareem Hunt didn't deliver like we had expected. The Raiders played good football in this one, so didn't see that coming. And, of course, Baker comes back to earth in the bad wind. Harrison Bryant coming right along with him. Harrison Bryant, 3 for 25, man. He couldn't give us those extra seven yards. Bad, bad game. We know don't mess with wind in fantasy football. Moving on to Indianapolis and Detroit, and don't mess with the Colts' run defense. Good God! That was an impressive performance. They completely shut down the Detroit backfield. Uh, Here you go. We have DeAndre Swift, and I still love me some DeAndre Swift. Hopefully, maybe I can get him on the cheap now after this. Six carries for one yard. Now, he did chip in three catches for 22. Adrian Peterson, five for seven. Five for seven. So, yeah, don't mess with the Colts run defense. Of course, the bigger news here is that Kenny Galladay uh, was banged up in this one. So we're trying to get a sense of the injury landscape. This probably, I mean, it isn't the biggest. I'll talk about George Kittle when I get to that game because, obviously, bad news there. And it didn't look bad. That was weird. But I'll talk about that in a little bit. 
But Kenny Galladay, one of the bigger injury um, injuries of the day, and and just stinks because some guys it seems like, you know, sometimes just not their year. Uh, this might be the case here with Kenny Galladay. Just can't. He he was unhealthy earlier in the year. Then you know just finally got back to being fully healthy. Had a nice little stretch here over the last two weeks. Now here we go, banged up uh, again. So we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to play this week. It's a hip injury, by the way. But I don't know how long it's going to keep him sidelined. So that's where we currently are with that one. TJ Hawkinson, by the way, is surging. Ten targets in this one. Only two tight ends had ten double-digit targets this week. It was TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle. So good on Hawk. And uh, really good to see him him surging. Now, I know one of the big topics of the day yesterday, and it still seems to be spilling into today, is Jonathan Taylor, right? And and what what's happening there. Now, there are some people who are speculating that he was a little dinged up. There are other people who are saying, has he been dinged up for several weeks? Because he hasn't looked particularly good. It is kind of baffling that the fact that that he just doesn't even look like the same player. So maybe he is. I, I don't know. What I do know is last year, the run game worked really well. And you had Marlon Mack back there. And I mean, Marlon Mack was an RB2 because he wasn't involved in the passing game, but he put up a solid line. You put Jonathan Taylor back there, you think, oh, even better. And it's looked worse. Then Jordan Wilkins, now, he, did he look great? No, but did he put up 20 for 89 and a touchdown? Yes. I I mean, we're going to talk about Jordan Wilkins tomorrow. I don't think we're reactionary and just drop Jonathan Taylor, but, boy, we have some fleshing out to do here. By the way, Phillip Rivers playing pretty good football recently. Uh, Naeem Hines, we're not running out to pick him up. This was the next Naeem Hines week, right? He scores two touchdowns. It makes him look like he's freaking awesome. But he only touched the ball eight times. All right. Just throwing that out there. You probably know it if you listen to this pod, but just in case. Uh, Minnesota Green Bay, another wind game here. And how did Aaron Rodgers negate the wind? He threw short balls to Devontae Adams, and he basically scored a touchdown on all of them, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, Adams in this one puts up seven catches for 53, which would not be good ordinarily, but when you score three touchdowns, you put up over 30 PPR points for the second straight week, by the way. So he was awesome. Jamal Williams doesn't get in the end zone, but touches the ball plenty. 22 touches here, goes up over 100 scrimmage yards, and six catches helps him to a pretty solid PPR day. Aaron Rodgers, solid as usual. This is why you don't don't bench your uh, studs, right? Definitely don't bench your studs in season long. When we talk about weather, often it's more so uh, DFS talk than anything. But the biggest performance, hey, we've had two monstrous performances over the last two weeks. Of course, Tyler Lockett last week and then Dalvin Cook this week. Cook scores four touchdowns in this one, 30 for 163 and then two for 63. As a runner, the Packers can't defend the run like at all. Cook just had no problem here. No problem. Looked phenomenal. Looked phenomenal. And that was pretty much it. They threw the ball 14 times. So, yeah, it was a tough one for Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, but this was like a Zimmer game. Like, Zimmer got what he wanted in this one. Here's uh, here's one for you. The Jets and the Chiefs. Hey, we finally got Patrick Mahomes. This was what we've been expecting all along, right? This was that dude. 
Goes out there, five touchdown passes, the piggyback ride to Ty Freak, 416 passing yards, a signature Mahomes game. Travis Kelsey just fine in this one. Ty Freak just fine in this one. McCall Hardman gets big. Demarcus Robinson gets in the end zone. It was awesome. It was awesome. Now, I'm seeing people who are reactionary with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He ends up having nine touches. So does Le'Veon Bell. They didn't need these guys. So we always have to remember that. Now, I know that doesn't win you your fantasy game this week, but there's more fantasy ahead. You know, we don't have to necessarily just focus on this week. Here's the bigger takeaway, though. Even though they were equal in touches, Le'Veon Bell played 17 snaps. Clyde edwards Lair played 33. He's still in the lead. Now, the flip could happen. It certainly could. I don't want to rule that out. But he's still in the lead, so if there is anything. I don't have much for the Jets, to be honest with you. Uh, Braxton Perrios. Anytime you say Braxton Berrios is your your lead target, <laughs> then there's probably not much to unpack there. But Michael P. Ryan this week outsnapped Frank Gore 28-22. Uh, they did equal each other in touches. P. Ryan, there's still some deeper flex appeal there. Gore is droppable. I wouldn't worry about him in, in any if you have him. But we just need a better matchup for this team. We need the team to sort of turn a corner, hopefully or else it's going to be tough to trust any of these guys. Uh, One of the weirdest games on the slate, the Rams in Miami. Like, if you didn't look at the scoreboard, you just looked at the stats, you would think that the Rams just mopped the floor with the Dolphins. But, you know, special teams, defensive touchdowns, all that changes the outlook. But, man, I I guess maybe we're not talking about this enough. Cooper Cup had 21 targets in this game. 21 freaking targets. Catches 11 for 110. Bob Woods was fine in this one, too. 7 for 85 in the score for him. He scores as a runner. Daryl Henderson banged up. It was primarily Malcolm Brown. They played 95 offensive snaps, which is unbelievable. But primarily Malcolm Brown, we did see some Cam Akers. I'll talk about this tomorrow when we get more insight into what the injury actually entails in terms of is Henderson even going to miss any time. Another quick note, Gerald Everett had nine targets. Tyler Higbee only had four. That's um, It's not that Everett, Everett did a lot. He went five for 32. But out-targeting him by that much is definitely eye-opening. Uh, so there is that. On the other side, I mean, Tua, they didn't have to do much to win this game. But it was not the debut that, you know, for, it wasn't a debut for the ages. Let's put it that way. Doesn't have to do anything here, though. But two attempts, 22 passing attempts, uh, 12 completions for 93 yards, has the touchdown to Devontae Parker. That was all Parker did on the day. So he got you 7.3 PPR points. This was primarily just all Miles Gaskin. 18 for 47 wasn't good. I didn't expect a good game on the ground for him, but he got in the end zone. So that's all that really matters. And he, had, he chips in three more catches for 16 yards as a receiver. Uh, we'll move forward here. I don't think we're going to get a full sense of what Tua is, you know, for a couple games ultimately, but I, I still believe in him from a talent standpoint, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, man, uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith Schuster. Is this going to change every stinking week? Cause that's sure as heck what it feels like. Deontay Johnson can't stay healthy, ends up having one catch for six yards after last week. Claypool leads the team in targets with nine. Catches five for 42, fine. Gets in the end zone, all right. He's a wide receiver, too. 
Uh, Juju, seven for 67. The uh, other receiving touchdown, by the way, went to Ebron, and he looked pretty good on that. He's so athletic. A lot of James Conner in this one, 18 touches, and that was pretty much it. Now, the other side is fascinating. This is another one where if you just looked at it without looking at the scoreboard, you would probably be inclined to say, hey, Baltimore won, right? Like, look at look at the rushing yards. They had 265 rushing yards. Gus Edwards, 16 for 87. J.K. Dobbins, 15 for 113. And then, of course, Lamar, 16 for 65. I mean, they. this is how teams like to win. A lot of teams in the NFL pound the ball on the ground, but they didn't win. And maybe part of that is the fact that they aren't really using some of these guys. They're not using Mark Andrews. By the way, Mark Andrews, 3 for 32. And no touchdowns, so he sucks, right? <laughs> That's what fantasy people say. Anyway, uh... Marquise Brown, why does he only have one target and it comes basically at the end of the game? Sure, he scored a touchdown. Whoopity freaking do. I, I don't know. And uh, that's that's kind of where we are with this. But I tell you what, J.K. Dobbins played 54 snaps in this one. Looked pretty good. He was creating extra yards left and right. Gus Edwards is fine. Gus Edwards is really north-south back. And, you know, no problem. No problem with him. He ends up outscoring scoring Dobbins in... PPR. That's fine. Dobbins look like the better player to me, at least my eye test. Uh, but they, there are some issues there, obviously, with this Baltimore team. And Lamar, I mean, number seven in uh, in fantasy scoring. So, yeah, it's all right, I suppose. Anyway, I mean, the interceptions, though, it depends on how much you, you score for interceptions, too, by the way. Uh, some leagues do count negative two for those guys. But regardless, uh, Chargers and Denver. Chargers, they are the West Coast equivalent of the Atlanta Falcons. They can't hold leads, man. That's unbelievable that Denver won this thing. But let's talk about the Chargers first and foremost. Uh, we had a Troy Main Pope sighting. Not The Pope was there. And that was not good for the Kelly because he outsnapped him. Here's the snaps. Justin Jackson, 41. Troy Main Pope, 25. Gabe Neighbors had three. There you go. And then Joshua Kelly had 21. So, yeah. Exciting. <laughs> Gabe Neighbors. He outscored Joshua Kelly. Yay. Um. A- anyway, I mean, Justin Jackson's now back. So, here we go. Just like I said, any week these things can change. And this backfield is freaking annoying without Austin Eckler. Austin, if you're listening, please heal quickly. 11 targets for Keenan Allen, another big day for him. Hunter Henry didn't get gesicky this week. Four catches for 33, but he was the only tight end targeted, so I'm still hanging on to him. On the other side, uh, man, Philip Lindsay's really good, man. I was glad to see him on the field. He, he rips off the long touchdown. Did they really need to add Melvin Gordon? I guess maybe they're asking themselves that too. Lindsey goes six for 83, not as a receiver, as a freaking runner. And a touchdown, Gordon goes eight for 26. Did they really need to add Melvin Gordon? Uh, Gordon did chip in six catches, though, uh, for 21 yards, so he salvages a decent enough PPR day. Uh, We saw Jerry Judy, so the box score isn't that great. Four for 73, okay. He had 162 air yards, so he's getting targeted downfield. Four targets at 20-plus yards. I actually really like the usage for Jerry Judy this week. Pretty good there. Deshaun Hamilton gets in 
the end zone, so I'm sure somewhere Jake Seeley is celebrating that. Uh, but otherwise, this was Drew Locke looking dreadful, dreadful Drew for three quarters, and then looking like um, John Elway <laughs> for the last quarter. A bizarre game, a really bizarre game. Uh, New Orleans and Chicago, the weather affecting this one, but let's be clear, Drew Brees, the... Initially, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I've watched closely the last few games. The arm strength does not look like it's there. I, I don't think this is a trumped-up narrative. I think this is, like, legit. You know, I didn't buy that narrative with Tom Brady, and I still don't, but I actually I am buying it with Drew Brees now. I am. Can't really push the ball downfield. His average depth of target in this one with the weather was 4.6 yards, so, you know, he's just not pushing the ball downfield. Now, maybe things change with Michael Thomas when he comes back, but for now, this team is all about one player. His name is Alvin Kamara, and he is phenomenal. 21 touches in this one. He has nine catches. He has 13 targets as a freaking running back. He doesn't score a touchdown, and he's still the number two running back in PPR before Monday Night Football. That's incredible. That's incredible. He's averaging over 150 scrimmage yards over the last six games. It's incredible. He's so much fun. So much fun. On the other side, not much fun. Outside of Allen Robinson, I'm really surprised he was able to play. But he was, and he was fine, obviously. The diving catch in the end zone for the touchdown, one of the prettier catches you'll see this year. Six for 87 on seven targets. That's top 12 right now for PPR. Uh, Darnell Mooney looking swift out there with five for 69. Nice. And a touchdown. And Anthony Miller showing up finally. 11 targets for Anthony Miller. We'll talk about him a little bit on the show tomorrow for waivers. Eight for 73 for him. David Montgomery looked like David Montgomery. You know, he has 23 touches, though, so he's going to be an RB, too. Pretty much what it is. By the way, keep in mind, Jimmy Graham did have seven targets, even though he only went two for 13. I know people are like, Ratcliffe, I'm not in a points per target league. I'm not saying it for that reason. I'm saying because, you know, volume is key more so than the immediate production. All right, let's round it out with the... It was an on-brand NFC East showdown, or lack thereof, on Sunday Night Football on the Dallas side, the nooch was in over his head, as as I expected. He uh, goes 21 of 40 for 180. It chips in 22 yards on the ground, not that you started him. It really hurt everybody except Michael Gallup. Gallup, seven catches for 61 yards on 12 targets. Amari Cooper, five targets, one catch for five yards. Don't drop him. That's reactionary. CD, unless you're telling me you have, you know, your team's loaded and you're dropping him for somebody who's great on the waiver wire, right? Like, just give it a minute. Uh, CD Lamb, five, uh, four for 27 on five targets. A lot of people talking about Zeke here. He was disappointing. He basically played almost every snap, though. Tony Pollard's out there, 17 snaps. Uh, nine touches for Pollard, 20 for Zeke. I know you're frustrated with Zeke, but 20 touches for Zeke. That's a big-time number. Uh, right there, and you can't manufacture those touches, so uh, I'm going to exercise some patience. In fact, and I know this is not something a lot of people want to hear, but maybe this is, with with trade deadlines coming up in a lot of fantasy leagues, maybe this is the buy low window on Ezekiel Elliott. On the other side, Carson Wentz looked, and I'm, I'm a, an apologist, he did not look good in this game, okay? He was getting picked on by a rookie in Trayvon Diggs. Throws two passing scores. Travis Fulgham's still a stud. Six for 78 and a score for him. Uh, 
Dallas Goddard played a lot, so I'm not worried about him. I think he'll be fine going forward. One for 15 for Goddard. And a little bit of Boston Scott, but no end zone. So puts a cap on, on what he was able to do for fantasy purposes. So there you go. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the pod. In the meantime, you can do me a favor. Go check out FTNBets.com, FTNDaily.com, FTNFantasy.com, and use the promo code RADPACK for 10% off if you want to sign up to play, baby. Also, keep reviewing the podcast. I have the finishing touches to put in place for our celebration, but the reviews keep coming in, and you keep helping me out. So if you haven't done that already, it's really easy. All you have to do if you have an iPhone is open up the Apple Podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant, and uh, click the stars. That's all you got to do. And there are other ways to review the show if uh, if you can't do it that way. So I appreciate everybody's help there. I see you, Rat Pack. I see you. Week 9 is coming at us tomorrow. So waiver wire. Uh, we'll have the hold list, the cut list as well for you on uh, tomorrow's show. In the meantime, hit me up on social media, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you are a listener of the show. I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. So, uh, Hidden Track, (laughs) yet again, Hidden Track 2.0. I got all the way through this thing and realized I didn't talk about Seattle and uh, San Francisco as I was mixing this and editing it. Yeah, so here you go, Hidden Track. Let me just talk about this really quickly. On the San Francisco side, Jarek McKinnon, 35 snaps, Jermichael Hasty 29, but McKinnon was clearly the passing down back. Hasty was the early down, and Tevin Coleman was hurt. Stop me if you heard that before. Uh, Ayuk looked pretty good. 11 targets for him. Pretty good, man. And honestly, with Jimmy G banged up, I don't know. Nick Mullins doesn't look that bad for that offense. But uh, let's talk about the other side. DK Metcalf was spectacular. 12 catches on 15 targets for 161 yards and two scores. Any given week, it could be either him or Tyler Lockett. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be able to predict which week is which very accurately. But honestly, you just keep going back to the well with these guys. They're just so phenomenal. That one touch, the touch, touchdown catch and run that he had was a thing of beauty that I, I don't, I've never seen anybody in the NFL do something like that. To get to the edge, unbelievable. To get to the edge on that play would have been impossible for most receivers, and he did it. Unreal. DJ Dallas also 23 touches in this one. Obviously, it wasn't very efficient, but he had eight carries in the red zone. And he scored, he scored twice, once as a receiver, once as a runner. So you picked him up. You did all right for yourself with DJ Dallas this week. All right, that was it. I, I just I didn't want to leave you short with that one. So peace. I'll catch you tomorrow.